This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Elizabeth Wilcox. The Outdoor Girls of Deepdale, or Camping and Tramping for Fun and Health, by Laura Lee Hope. Chapter 1. A Fluttering Paper. Four girls were walking down an elm-shaded street. Four girls walking two by two their arms waist-encircling, their voices mingling in rapid talk, punctuated with rippling laughter. And now and then, as their happy spirits fairly bubbled and overflowed, breaking into a few waltz steps to the melody of a dreamy song hummed by one of their number. The sun, shining through the trees, cast patches of golden light on the stone sidewalk, and as the girls passed from sunshine to shadow, they made a bright and sometimes a dimmer picture on the street, whereon were other groups of maidens, for school was out. "'Betty Nelson, the idea is perfectly splendid!' exclaimed the tallest of the quartet, a stately, fair girl with wonderful braids of hair on which the sunshine seemed to like to linger. "'And it will be such a relief from the ordinary way of doing things!' added the companion of the one who thus paid a compliment to her chum just in advance of her. I detest monotony. If only too many things don't happen to us. This somewhat timid observation came from the quietest of the four, she who was walking with the one addressed as Betty. Why, Amy Stonington, cried the girl who had first spoken as she tossed her head to get a rebellious lock of hair out of her dark eyes. The very idea! We want things to happen, don't we, Betty? And she caught the arm of one who seemed to be the leader, and whirled her about to look into her face. Answer me, she commanded, don't we? Betty smiled slightly, revealing her white, even teeth. Then she said laughingly, and the laugh seemed to illuminate her countenance. I guess Grace means certain kinds of happenings, didn't you, Grace? Of course, said the rather willowy creature, whose style of dress artistically accentuated her figure, caught a pencil that was slipping from a book, and thrust it into the mass of light hair that was like a crown to her beauty. "'Oh, that's all right, then,' and Amy, who had interposed the objection, looked relieved. She was a rather quiet girl, of a character called Sweet by her intimates, and truly she had the despondent that merited the word. "'When can we start?' asked Grace Ford. Then, before an answer could be given, she added, "'Don't let's go so fast. We aren't out to make a rocking record to-day.' Let's stop here in the shade a moment. The four came to a halt beneath a great horse-chestnut tree that gave welcome relief from the sun, which, though it was only May, still had much the advance hint of summer in it. There was a carriage block near the curb, and Grace draped herself artistically about it, as Molly Bellette expressed it. If you're tired now, what will you be if we walk five or six miles a day? asked Betty with a smile. Or even more, perhaps. Oh, I can if I have to, but I don't have to now. Come, Betty, tell us when we are to start. Why, we can't decide now. Are you so anxious all of the sudden? And Betty pulled down and straightened the blue midi blouse that had been rumpled by her energetic chum. Of course, I detest waiting for trains or anything else. I'm just dying to go, and I've got the cutest little traveling case. It has a special compartment for chocolates, hasn't it, Grace? asked Molly Bellette whose dark and flashing eyes and black hair with just a shade of steely blue in it betrayed the French blood in her veins. "'Oh, Grace couldn't get along without candy,' declared Betty with a smile. 
"'Now that's mean!' exclaimed Grace, whose tall and slender figure, and face of particular winsome beauty, had gained her the not-overdrawn characterization of Gibson Girl. "'I don't see why Billy wants to always be saying such horrid things about me.' "'I didn't say anything mean,' snapped Molly, whose pseudonym was more often Billy than anything else. "'And I don't want you to say that I do.' Her eyes flashed and gave a hint of the hidden fire of temper, which was not always controlled. The other girls looked at her a bit apprehensively. "'If you don't like the things I say,' she went on, "'there are those who do, and what's more—' "'Billy,' spoke Betty softly. "'I'm sure Grace didn't mean—' "'Oh, I know it,' exclaimed Molly contritely. "'It was horrid of me to flare up that way, but sometimes I can't seem to help it. I beg your pardon, Grace. Eat as many chocolates as you like. I'll help you.' Isn't that generous? She clasped her arms about the Gibson girl and held her cheek close to the other's blushing ones. Don't mind me, she cried impulsively. Molly was often this way. In a little whirlwind of temper one minute, and sweetly sorry for it the next, albeit her little spasms of rage were never serious and seldom lasted long. Forgiven, murmured Grace, but I'm really anxious to know we can start our camping and tramping club. I think the idea is perfectly splendid. "'How did you come to think of it, Betty?' "'I got the idea from a book. "'It isn't original by any means. "'But then I always have been fond of walking, "'out in the country especially. "'Only it isn't so much fun going alone, "'so it occurred to me that you girls would like to join. "'We can take a nice long tramp the first opportunity we get.' "'Just us four, asked Grace. "'No, not necessarily. "'We can have as many members as we like.' "'I think four is a nice number,' spoke Amy. "'She was rather shy, and not given to making new friends. "'We four, no more,' declaimed Molly. "'Suppose we do limit it to four, Betty?' "'Well, we can talk of that later, and I do so want to talk of it. "'I thought we'd never get out of school.' "'And the four who had just been released from the Deepdale High School "'continued their stroll down the main street of the town, "'talking over the new plan that had been proposed that morning by Betty Nelson.' the little captain, as she was often called by her chums, for she always assumed the leadership in their fun and frolics. "'Will we just walk?' "'Walk all the while?' asked Grace. "'I'm afraid I shan't be able to keep up to you girls in that case.' And she swung about on the sidewalks in a few steps of a mazy waltz with Amy. "'Of course we won't walk all the while,' explained Betty. "'I haven't all the details arranged yet, but we can set a certain number of miles to cover each day. At night we'll stop somewhere and rest.' "'That's good,' sighed Grace, with a glance at her small and daintily shod feet. "'Oh, here comes your brother Will,' Betty called to her. "'And that horrid Percy Faulkner is with him,' went on Molly. "'I—I I can't bear him!' "'He's seen Betty. That's why he's hurrying so,' spoke Grace. "'Probably he's bought a new cane he wants to show her.' "'Stop it!' commanded Betty, with a blush. "'You know I can't bear him any more than you girls can.' "'You can't make Piercy believe that.' "'My word!' And Molly imitated the mannerisms perfectly, for young Faulkner, be it known, was partial to good clothes of a rather flashy type, and much given to showing them off. He had very little good sense, in fact, what little he had. Some of his enemies used to say he displayed when he showed a preference for pretty Betty Nelson, but she would have none of his company.' "'Don't see why Will wants to bring him along,' remarked his sister Grace in a petulant tone. "'He knows we don't like him.' "'Perhaps Will couldn't help it,' suggested Amy. "'That's nice of you to say,' Amy commented Grace. "'I'll tell Will, sometime when I get a chance.' 
Don't you dare! If you do, I'll never speak to you again. And the pink surged to a deeper red in Amy's cheeks. Betty'd much rather have Will pick up Alan Washburn, remarked Molly in a decisive tone. Wouldn't you bet? Oh, please don't say such things, besought Betty. I don't see why you always... Hush, they'll hear you, cautioned Grace. Let's pretend we don't see them. Hurry up, I've got a quarter and I'll treat you to sodas. Come on, in Pearson's drug store. Too late, moaned Billy, in mock, tragic tones. They're waving to us. We can't be too rude. Will Ford, the brother of Grace, accompanied by a rather overdressed youth slightly older, had come up to the group of girls. Good afternoon, greeted Percy Faulkner, raising his hat with an elaborate gesture. "'Charming weather we're having, my word!' Percy rather inclined to English mannerisms, or what he thought were such. "'Hello, sis, and the rest of you,' said Will, with more hearty and certainly a more natural air. "'What's doing?' "'Grace was going to treat,' said Amy slowly. "'She is so good about that, only—oh, girls, this is all me!' exclaimed Percy. "'I shall be delighted. May I have the honour? And again he took off his hat with an elaborate bow. Shall we? Betty telegraphed this question to her friends with her eyes. Take the goods the gods provide, murmured Grace. I can save my quarter for another time. With a rather resigned air, Betty followed her chums into the drug store, and presently all were lined up before the marble topped counter. The soda's delicious today, murmured Grace. I'm good notion to get some fudge, and she began toying with a little silver purse. Save your money for our club, advised Molly. Did you hear of our expedition? she asked Will. No, what's that? Are you going to try for the east or west pole, seeing that's the north and the south ones have been captured, and he laughed, thereby getting some of the soda down his wrong throat. Serves you right, murmured his sister, as he coughed. Betty is going to form a camping and tramping club went on Amy. Fine, exclaimed Piercy. Are you going to take gentlemen? If so, consider my application. Oh, we really mean to walk, exclaimed Grace. With a glance, the two small patent leather shoes the overdressed youth thrust out ostentatiously. If he understood the illusion, he gave no sign of doing so. What's the game, sis? asked Will quizzically. Why, it isn't anything very elaborate, explained Betty, as she finished her soda. It occurred to me that as school closes exceptionally early this year, some of us girls could go for a two weeks trapping tour before our regular summer vacation. And we're all in love with the idea, declared Amy. Twenty miles a day is our limit, added Molly, smiling behind the youth's back. Twenty miles, faltered Percy. You can never do it, never. Oh, yes, we can, said Betty assuredly. "'Now do you still wish to join?' asked Grace, pointedly glancing at Percy. "'You never can do twenty miles,' affirmed Percy. "'Let's have some more soda,' he added quickly, to change the subject. "'To the credit of Grace Ford, who was really fond of sweets, "'be it said that she refused, and that with the mocking eyes of all the girls upon her. "'I've had enough,' spoke Betty. "'You walk with me,' she whispered to Amy. "'I don't want Percy to bore me. Stay near me, do.' I will, promised Amy. Balked of his design to stroll beside Betty, Percy was forced to be content with Molly, and she, with malice aforethought, talked to him in a way he could not understand, but which the other girls, overhearing, sent them into silent spasms of laughter. 
do you don't you find it troublesome to carry a cane all the while molly asked him sweetly ignorant oh i don't have to carry it he said quickly don't you i thought on account of not being able to walk why molly i can walk all right oh i misunderstood you you said twenty miles was too much i meant for girls oh then you carry the cane for dogs no indeed i'm not afraid of dogs he doesn't know she's spoofing him i believe that is the proper english word isn't it whispered grace who was with her brother correct sis whatever did you bring him along for couldn't help it he fastened to me when i came out of school and i couldn't shake him off his bet mad you know she doesn't like him i'll tell her it wasn't my fault when you get the chance will you i don't want to get on her bad books i'll tell her i say sis lend me a quarter won't you i'm broke you've had the same allowance that i did i know but i need just that much to get a catching glove go on be a sport i don't say you haven't gotten it weren't you going to treat the crowd when i brought percy along and let you string him such horrid slang go on be a sport lend me the quarter grace produced it from her purse there were several other coins in it say you're loaded with wealth where did you get it i just didn't spend it go on and you with a two-pound box of chocolates what's left of em under the bed little four did you dare go snooping in my room and she grasped his arm apprehensively i couldn't help seeing em i was looking for my ball that rolled in there did you did you eat them all she faltered only a few there's alan washburn i want to speak to him and will ran off unceremoniously to join a tall good-looking young man who was on the other side of the street the latter seeing the girls raised his hat but his glance rested longest on betty who it might have been observed blushed slightly under the scrutiny alan always has a book with him murmured amy yes he's studying law you know spoke betty some other girls joined the four then and percy seeing that he was rather ignored had the sense to leave making an elaborate departure after what he considered the correct english style thank goodness murmured molly puppies are all right but i like better trained ones and her dark eyes flashed billy exclaimed grace reproachfully shaking an accusing finger at her friend well you don't like him any more than than betty does hush warned the little captain he'll hear you i don't care if he does was the retort gradually the main part of the town had been left as the girls walked slowly on houses were fewer now and the trees not so large nor well cared for the sun seemed to increase in warmth as it approached the west where in a bank of fluffy clouds that soon would be turned into masses of golden purple and olive girls i simply must rest again exclaimed grace as with a wry face she made for a smooth stump which was all that was left of a great oak that had been recently cut down as it had died and was in danger of falling what again cried molly say grace my dear you will never be able to keep up with us on the tramp if you give out so easily now what is the matter matter look at her shoes cried amy such heels not so awfully high and grace sought to defend her footwear from the three pairs of accusing eyes it's a very pretty boot remarked betty but hardly practical my dear 
I suppose not, sighed Grace, but I just simply could not resist the temptation to take them when the salesgirl tried them on me. I saw them in Robertson's window, and they were such a bargain. A sample shoe, she said. That's why they're so narrow. You can wear a narrow sigh, spoke Molly with a sigh. I wish I could. Oh, I think your shoes are a lovely shape, spoke Grace. I wish I had your high instep. Move over, begged Amy. There's room for two on that stump, Grace. Grace obligingly moved, and her friend sat beside her, idly swinging a couple of books by a long strap. Betty and Molly supported themselves by draping their arms about each other's waist. Patience on a monument, quoted Betty, looking at the two in the stump. Which one? asked Molly with a laugh. We'll divide the virtues between us, won't we, Amy? exclaimed Grace, putting her head on the other's shoulder. Now I'm— The sleeping beauty, supplied Betty. Do come on, and after a little argument, in which Grace insisted that she had not had more than a minute's respite, the four started off again. They were approaching the outskirts of the town in the vicinity of which they all lived. If this weather keeps on, we can't start off on our tramping and camping trip any too soon, remarked Grace. When can we arrange for it? asked Amy. I think it is the nicest idea I've ever heard of. You can all come over to my house tonight, suggested Betty. We can make some plans then, perhaps. Let's then, cried impulsive Molly. Would you really intend to do any camping, Betty? Yes, if we can. Of course, not for any length of time. Say a night or two. There are one or two places where camps are open the year around, and all you have to do is go there and board, just as you would at a hotel. Only it must be much nicer, said Amy. It is, lots. They had crossed a place where the highway ran under a railroad line that crossed on a high bridge. As the girls came under the structure, a fluttering bit of paper on the ground caught the eyes of Betty. Rather idly, she picked it up, and the next moment she uttered a cry that brought her chums to her side in some alarm. "'Look!' she exclaimed. "'A five-hundred-dollar bill is pinned to this paper. A five-hundred-dollar bill, girls!' End of chapter 1